Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Marvel Vision. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And I was so incensed by our pre-podcast discussion, I forgot to say there's a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Loki, season two. It's a podcast five. about friends, because we're friends, and Loki is, he wants friends, he needs friends, don't and his even, life start, and mission is about friends. Don't even start with the friend stuff. You lied to my face. I, you called I'm me trying, your pet, you I asshole. can't do it. I, I'm trying to, like, cry on demand, just like he can. Tom Hiddleston does it so well, like, his, He's his tears He's rolling really up in his eyes. It's an we're amazing gonna be talking show. about science slash fiction the latest episode. If you haven't watched it already on Disney+, Plus, please do, because we're going to spoil it. But after the destruction of the TVA, the last episode, Loki is time-slipping. Once again, he is jumping to various branched realities where everybody has returned to their variant selves. Mm. Mobius is a jet ski salesman, paying yeah! off the prophecy of the first season. We'll probably get into what everybody else is in a Maybe second. Maybe one of the greatest jet ski salesmen of all time. But oh, working... With the variant, uh, the original variant of Ouroboros, who is a uh, bad, probably bad sci-fi writer named A.D. Doug. He figures hey, out he needs hey, to bring everybody together. how dare you? Unsuccessful. How about that? Is that fair? That's fair. Maybe he just hasn't hit his crowd yet. Success, you know? He's incredible sci-fi writer, A.D. Doug. Let's move yeah. on because I'm still in the middle of the recap. He, 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 oh, God, he that's can, fair. I'm just doing the recap. I'm just doing the recap. <laughs> so much to say. Yeah, he is. Uh, he convinces Loki that he has to bring everybody back together. Ultimately, Sylvie, who does remember these original timelines. Of course she does convinces him that the or gets him to come around to the idea that really there's sort of a selfish thing here that he wants his friends back. Um, as we know, these are his best friends. That's been well established by the show, which I'm sure we'll talk about a lot. And uh, by the end, unfortunately, though, all of reality is being spaghettified due to the destruction of the loom yeah. and the destruction of the TVA. But Loki realizes that he can jump Use his time-slipping powers to go back in time, get a redo, get an extra life, if you will, on the video game that is life. And we end with him back before everything went wrong at the TVA. That's where we end. There is a little bit of a post-credit thing uh, that ties into that that we'll talk in a little bit. But that's the broad overview of the episode. Pete. Hey. And you've been loving the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take it away. I just feel like we respect 
your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I just feel like... And I'll just mention this podcast is usually about a half an hour. If you talk for half an hour, we'll have run out of time, so take it away. Yeah, and exactly. We're out of tape. Ki, uh, please excuse me killing his name, but Ki Hu Kwan is just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And he you know, makes I like it to worth call him it Data, like his character from Star Trek. Hey, do whatever, <laughs> call him whatever you would like, as long as you're doing it in a way that is uh, uh, holding him up. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. Call him whatever you want. I think that he... He makes it this, this dry delivery of these moments. It's just so much fun. It's hilarious. He he's killing it, and it's awesome to have a show that uh, showcases him in this way. I'm having a blast with it. Oh, that was not a half an hour. That was like a minute and a half, Pete. You only talked uh, about you, just you really one character. Yourself there. I got to be honest, <laughs> because now we have all this time for us to talk. Justin, take it away. Uh, I mean, the thing is, this, I'll say it nicely, this episode is better, I think, because we're getting into some emotional ideas here. My issue is the plot makes no sense to the point where it, it contradicts itself. Let's just take a small example on our guy, Obi, that we kick the episode off with. What was his scam with the bookstore? He brings his book in there, buys one, it's not in the system, and then what? How is he selling his novel more? Where's his success in bringing books, buying one of them, getting caught immediately? He's He's supposed to be a genius. He teaches teaches physics. He teaches physics in Caltech. He's like, oh, man, you heard about this book? It's hard to get. I'm going to buy one. It uh, did make sense. I was like, this is the uh, this man's uh, a crazy person. That's not how he, he no when he, his books came out. He went and bought them. He bought a bunch of them. They right, were they in were the bookstore. Sale at <laughs> they, book were there. <laughs> they were there. That makes sense. Yes. There's That's a difference a here, here too. I, I don't want to, we don't need to spend too yeah, much man. time on this, but like taking your book and leaving it on the shelves so people will buy that. I get that. Makes, so that also makes talking sense. About it. But you're absolutely right. The idea of going up there and buying the stuff didn't make sense. That said, to complimentarily uh, jump off of what Pete was saying, Kehu Kwan, very funny in the episode. Love him. Oh my He's God. Been so so good. Funny. His reaction when. He's trying to talk to Loki about the book, and he's like, "I think I have a copy around here somewhere." And there's pi- yeah. piles of the book. He's like, <laughs> "Piles, oh, and piles of yeah, very funny." Lucky for you. Yes, this whole cast, very talented actors, yes. working with some middling material. I think we can all agree. Yes. Uh, nope. No. It, it's Here's, we did agree. We agreed for like pretty. We agreed okay, for as I'll, long I'll as this episode else, made pop. sense. Also, we agreed Eugene for as long as this kills episode. It. Eugene kills it. Eugene Cordero as Casey. Yes. He's fun. His character doesn't make a lot of sense either. What are you talking about? He likes to steal things. That's fun. That's his exclusive character quality in this episode. (laughs) Can I run down uh, what everybody is in their quote-unquote real timeline? So we've got Casey is a prisoner at Alcatraz in San Francisco, California, 1962. He is actually... Uh, they don't say his last name, but he is actually a prisoner named Frank Morris, who is a real prisoner who escaped from Alcatraz, who committed a bunch of very serious thefts and crimes. So this is Supposedly. one. Uh, 
Uh, suppose okay. Well, that's <laughs> history. This is lawyer from 1962. Going to that. <laughs> yes, he was thrown in jail. He escaped from jail. He was a serious criminal. This is very similar to what it was revealed that Loki was DB Cooper in season one. So I think the riffing off of that. Another thing that's a fun little riff here is when Casey escapes and they pull up on the beach. He says, "Come on, we got to get out of here. If they catch us, they're going to gut us like a fish." Back in the first season, if you remember. Loki came up and said something to Casey the first time he met him where about a fish and he said his line was, what's a fish? And he didn't know what a fish was. That was the back of the first episode of the show. So fun little Easter egg Look, there. Look, now he knows what fish are. Exactly. Just, just hold on a second. We're, we're, yeah. calling that, we're calling that an Easter egg? Sure. That he said the word fish twice in the yeah. show? Twice. twice. Well, now he knows what a fish is. He did it and now he does. And now he does. Okay. Man, yeah, guys, I think let me just say, back. the bar, gentlemen, the bar is quite low here. The bar is word. quite low, I think, on Easter eggs to the point that they're like, eh, check this out. Huh? With, the fish bit? The, yeah, the fish bit. That, that's more of a callback if you picked it up or not. I did actually like that. I know you're being very mean. But here's another one. <laughs> Hunter B-15 is a doctor, probably a pediatrician, I believe, in New York, 2012. We don't get a lot of that. But the weird thing to me about not talking more about who she is and what she's doing there, New York 2012 was the Battle of New York from Avengers. So yeah. it feels like there could be a connection there, but clearly there wasn't. How dope would that have been if she was treating uh, people during and in the the aftermath of the Battle of New York? That's exciting, yeah. especially because I think B-15's a character that – sort of has the heart of the show a little bit. Mm -hmm. She's the one yeah. that we really rely on and see the reflection of what's going on in her eyes. She humanizes a lot of it. And great. I just thought... They, she's great. They, yeah, she's great. And the actor's great. But in the show, the character did almost nothing in this episode. And is like, her whole thing was like, we have to get back to our lives. Her life, she's just like, I'll leave it and sit in this giant hangar with these mm -hmm. weird people for a while and not say anything and casually read this random book. I was like, I was like, what? She's supposed she to was, be the heart of the show. But she was reading the book, though. You know what I mean? Like flexing mm -hmm. her intelligence. This is, I mean? well, I think what Justin is getting at, and Justin seems much more upset maybe than I am, but what Justin is getting at here is there's not enough fleshed out in terms of the cast. There's not enough fleshed out in terms of the plot to really let things breathe. I did appreciate that this episode did what I've been asking it to do all season, refocus things Time on loops. Loki. Time loops. <laughs> Refocus things on Loki and his emotion and his emotional arcs in a very big way. But at the same time, they, they're not, they didn't figure out how to balance the stuff. They didn't figure out how to be like, we're going to focus on Loki, but also the rest of the cast is here for a reason. To your uh, point with Hunter B-15, the big emotional catharsis of this episode is him realizing he wants to get all of his friends back. He uses the word friends. I would be hard-pressed to remember a conversation that he's had with Hunter B-15 over the course of this entire show so far. So I understand that's a shorthand there, but I don't... Mobius, 100% his friend. Yeah. Sylvie, complicated relationship. You could call it friendship. It's not exactly that, but that's fine. I'll accept that. The rest of these characters, co-workers at best, maybe? Yeah. It started to feel to me... With the friendship thing, and I do want to get back to like the last two, what they're doing, because they're doing some interesting stuff. But it started to feel to me like this very millennial thing of, oh, I watched The Office 
And in the office, yeah. all the coworkers hang out together all the time and they're best friends. So that's what office like is like. So then in this show, they all work in the office together, which is the TVA. They've got to all be best friends. We all get that. When that's not true. Like Casey they has just wandered over. Auras. They just need their energy. They just need the auras. Casey has yeah. wandered over occasionally and interacted with him. Very fun character, but like. Yes. He does this fish thing. The fish thing. They've got this fish. They've got this Come on. They've got this fish bit that keeps bringing up. First off, like, what is, what, is, is, what is Casey at Loki's big friendship relationship? Well, I'll tell you what, because it all started back when Eugene was at his desk and then he was like, oh, you want some of these. Fancy gemstones. I got a whole desk drawer full of them, and they became instant best friends. Mm. That was a funny. Those were Infinity Stones, and that was funny. That was cool. It was. That was the start Uh, of it. But I agree with you, Alex. It feels like a lot of this is done in shorthand. And, like, especially when the whole point of Loki is, like, never really had friends. Mm -hmm. There's some of this idea running through a lot of his relationship with Thor and the Avengers and all that. And... There, there's, there's something interesting there. The idea that he thinks they're all friends. I just need a scene where they're like, "Dude, I don't know you. You're a, a threat slash god slash mm-hmm. stranger here." Uh, like, I want that scene, and it, then him at the end being like, "Well, that's good enough for me." And then he has to save them. Well, like, and not to, not to backseat right, but to jump off of what you're saying. A lot of people, and I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, but a lot of people have been reading romantic intentions into Loki and Mobius in this episode in particular. I don't necessarily see that. Again, I don't want to shit on anybody's ships or anything like that. So if you're shipping that, go wild, have a good time. But I do think if Sylvie, that scene in the bar where she's pushing him like, what do you want? And he's giving these highfalutin, I want to save the world. I want to save the universe. I want to stop he who remains. I want to save the TVA. And ultimately she whittles him down to, I want my friends back. And that's nice. But again, it felt false to me because they're not friends. If you take it one, hold on, let me finish. You take it one step further. And she's like, you don't know these people, your coworkers. He's like, I want my friend back. I want Mobius back. To me, that is the core relationship of this entire series. You focus on that, that feels truer than what we actually got, which instantly rang false to me. What were you going to say, Pete? I was just going to say, though, that the fact that he is talking to another version of himself. So the fact that that's who should have shorthand, that should be able to cut to his core. And it was this moment where she forced him to get to his truth, to say what he really wanted. And like that, to me, was very earned. And well, felt and, and I, I agree with you. I like the what I'm saying is I like the intention of that scene and I like the direction of that scene. But I don't feel like they took it to a place that felt true to use a lot of actorly terms, but that's how it struck me. All right. Well, I, I still think it, it was a nice way to kind of like cut to the core of who Loki is by having another version of Loki be like, come on, Dick, what are you really trying to do? Let's talk about it. I, all I do is create images and I pretend to work in a McDonald's. Like I know what you're doing right now. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of validity there. I think you're right. And like, we're not discrediting any of the performances, I think, here. I think across the board, we love the, the performances. And you're right. I think the word nice is what this is. It's nice. But I think my issue is, from a writing standpoint, it doesn't make much sense. 
And it contradicts so much of what we sort of want from the Loki character in the larger MCU and in this series. We want him to be like this God, trickster God, like fun, funny. He can have this connection in, with these people. But like they haven't put that into the text and they haven't really earned that, I don't think. It's just we're in the fifth episode of a six episode season and he has to bring the get the band back together. I'd much prefer him being like, yeah, they're my friends because I need their auras in this room to go do this thing that I, I'm doing. Well, let, we me, might let, get, me, let me pivot time off jumping that. now. We might see more of their relationship. We don't know. Uh, sure. We have one episode left to do that. But. Here, let me throw out just to keep talking about like a little bit of the online conversation, because I do think people are interpreting and putting a little more on it is what we're trying to get to. At least I think what Justin and I are trying to get to on the show that actually exists in there. This episode is a lot about the title is science slash fiction, right? And Ouroboros right. slash A.B. What was his name? A.D. Uh, Doug. Uh, A.D. Doug are trying to emphasize. Loki keeps being like, give me the science. I want to know the science. And A.D. Doug is like, no, you got to concentrate on the fiction. That's where it is. None of this makes sense to Justin's point. This is impossible. So you got to focus on the impossible instead of what's possible. And, and that's, that's ultimately cool. That's cool. That's eventually what Loki comes around to when he gets control of these time-slipping powers. What a lot of people have pointed out online is there was this evolution in Marvel Comics of Loki from the god of mischief to the god of stories. That's something that's played into a lot of the recent text with Loki in the comics, which is what I think they're riffing off of here. I don't think they explicitly call him the god of stories, but they definitely talk around that in a certain way. But... If you look at any of the stories where he is acting as the god of stories, he has this strut to it. He still is essentially Loki. He's got that wink, that twinkle in his eye at the same time. When he is owning his own story, he's telling other stories. He's manipulating stories in some way. Even if he's being heroic, like straight up heroic or anti-heroic, there's still like agendas on agendas on agendas. And correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but I, I think that's what you're missing here is it, this feels like a different character to me. They've given him yeah. a very typical hero arc instead of what should be a Loki hero arc. I agree. And I also, just this this season in general has done so much heavy plotting that we've lost Loki. We've talked about that in previous episodes. And all that story, it, this episode, I think, had the potential to be great and interesting. But it it's almost like and interesting. we're stuck in this hangover from all of the information. I, have you ever, like had too many drinks, alcohol drinks. No, and the next never. morning you wake up and you're like, ah, my, my head. Oh, I have to deal with the repercussions of my actions from last night. That's what this feels like where they're like still vaguely concerned with all this time loop, the loom and all that. But now they're sort of into emotions. And I'm like, you never set any of this up. You're doing all the science stuff. You're still talking about the science stuff when there's a, a story of emotions right here that you could be getting to. What about when uh, Owen Wilson is on his jet ski and he's having his moment and his theme music is playing and it's like this thing and you realize it's not he's not really he's a jet ski salesman like and he still got that much joy from that moment. I thought that was a really hilarious choice that this love of jet ski comes from a guy who maybe hasn't even rode a jet ski on the water before. <laughs> Do you think, though, that he sort of hates them also because he has to spend 
every word coming out of his mouth trying to sell them. It seemed like he was in this happy place on top mm-hmm. of that jet ski. So it seemed like he was well, all about it. And the fact and that I, in another life, he's still da- talking about jet skis to me says it was a good thing. It's fun. I think one positive about that is his performance, Owen Wilson's performance there reminded me of Dignan from Bottle Rocket. It felt almost like a sequel. <laughs> of I could imagine Dignan from Bottle Rocket ending up in this life of like having a couple kids and selling jet skis. So shouts to that. The only negative was I was like, the jet ski thing was a fun quirk for Mobius in relation to a larger story and all of the other stuff. All he talked about in this episode was jet skis. To the point where I was like, are you a Pokemon named Jet Ski? (laughs) Give me something else, guy. How about, though, the fact that he loved his name? He was like, ooh, that's a cool name. That's my name. When a random man showed up at his actual home and he's like, yeah, you're here for a jet ski probably. I was like, what? Be normal. (laughs) Be a human being. I... That is so powered on Owen Wilson. Assume people want jet skis thrown. Right, exactly. I'm an entertainment journalist. If a strange man comes to my house, I'm like, "Oh, come inside. You want to hear? I'll talk to you about TV. You're not a murderer. (laughs) You kill my children." The that is 100 percent powered by Owen Wilson being a charming man named Owen Wilson. So that. I agree with you. Very fun. Just to set it up. It was Cleveland, Ohio, 2022. He was in a place called Piranha Power Sports. Very fun name. Loved the little, uh, whatever they're called, windsock guys outside. There's the great shot of Loki coming out of his time slip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. fun. That was fun. All fun fun stuff. The the TVA is gone. I think you mean ATV. ATV. Great joke. Very well. Good stuff. That's good pay attention right there. Here was my bummer about it. My bummer about it. I know Pete doesn't like bummers. I'm sorry. But my bummer about it is Mobius has had this actually really interesting emotional arc over the course of the season where I believe it was last episode. He was called on it by Sylvie saying, why don't you want to go back to your timeline? Why don't you want to see who you were? And you could see this sadness and fear in his eyes. We didn't get the emotional resolution of that. Instead, he no, was well, yeah. no, no, that well, was all very clear right there that he's up to his eyebrows in debt to jet skis. He owns two jet skis and he's supposed to be selling jet skis like no. he is in crazy debt. We got to see, I don't even remember what his name is. I wrote it down somewhere, but whatever his real name is, we got to see that guy's reaction to his jet ski dead. You're absolutely right. We didn't get to see Mobius, the character that we followed now for over a season and a half, react to the fact that he is a jet ski salesman with two kids whose wife has left him or died or something like that. Um, That's what I want to see. That's what I want to feel. I need to be able to. It might still be coming. It sure, but this would have been the episode to do that. Yes. So that was a bummer to me. The end. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there was you calling out that um, ATV, I think you mean ATV line I thought was fun. There were some other good lines in here, especially yeah. to your point, Pete, from the Kihiwi Kwan stuff with like, 
you're in control, so control your time slipping. Like there was a good. I like that thematic how, thing. And how about the, I, Mobius is my space name. That's a great line. That that's was fun really, line too. He mm-hmm. delivered the shit out of that. That was so fun. And getting back to our friends, Loki likes friends conversation. I think there was this bit, this idea that in the again that uh, Obi and Loki are having this conversation about. You know, a that we need this unique collection of temporal auras to be together again. It's a there's a that's a signpost. That's a, a coordinate we can track back. I was like, that's such an interesting idea, like a, a physics quantification of what like a party is or what friends yeah. are. And like, that's so that's a rich idea. And they did that beginning of it and the end, but they never made that connection for us. It didn't give us the middle. And it's just so crazy to me in a show that is about no, not having to worry. It's all middle. I was like, give us the part we want where we, Mm -hmm. we get the fun connections between people, between ideas. And we just get all beginnings and ends here. Uh, well, that's kind of like one of my favorite parts of the episode, which was the spaghettification effect, uh, which is all yeah. beginnings and ends and no middles. But I'll tell you what, looked nice. I mean, that was my sure big takeaway from the episode. It did look nice. Overall, this episode, I think, was one of the best shot episodes of this season yeah, so far. Yes. Really liked the jumpy shot of Loki walking through the TVA empty from the back. They just yeah. came back and then that, hey, he looks so yeah. We got that both was very nice. Yeah, All of really the spaghettification cool. things were very good. The shot of it sort of growing like fungus over That's the great. screen and at the end the thing of noodles. Noodle it, noodle yeah. it up. Love the nudes. Love yeah. the nudes. Yeah. yeah. Send send nudes. And by which I mean this episode of Loki. More nudes. The scene of Sylvie in the record store is very cool as well. <laughs> but I, that brings me to my next point that I want to ask you about is what is going on with Sylvie in this season? <laughs> I do not know. And I agree that scene was cool, but I was well, like, are you trying to sell me this record show? Because like, I was like the record gets awesome, noodled though. last. I was like, what? It was like a music and music video from the nineties. Dope. Very cool. But I was very like, cool. Yeah, this character artistically done artistically made. Again, I think we're saying like this was shot. Well, it was, it looked cool. It felt cool. But I, I was like, I don't know what Sylvie's doing. I don't know why she's like, go live. You need friends. And then she still shows up to, she immediately changes her choice. I was like, why did he, and this, we were talking about this in the Patreon side. Why is, why is he like Loki needs friends. I'm not going to do this. I need friends. I am going to do this. Uh, Sylvie, I'll help you with the friend. I'll save the world because of the, I was like, this is so back and forth, but none of it is justified. Well, well and, and little things and uh, granted, they don't need to explain absolutely everything, but like, why did Sylvie remember everything? Well, you know, well, she's not time slipping. No, but she was the, uh, Sylvie that went on the adventure before with them that they kind of put back. What I liked about her kind of whole thing what? was she was <laughs> like not like angry at Loki yet. You know what I mean? Like she wasn't like, uh, oh, you know what I mean? It was still like she was happy in her time period. She was really kind of like living at that time, like putting on a record. That was something that you did in the 80s and 90s and just kind of let the music take you someplace. I thought that was a very cool moment in Sorry, time to have Do you that. think she, you're saying she was the Sylvie from before when we met her in episode two? Yes. No. The reason she's not is she 
before she's spaghettified in the record store, she's only able to open the door and step through it. That's because she has he who remains ring. So she's lived through all but of this But we're time jumping. So, I mean, you know, I mean, like, who knows? Well, but let me ask you this. Is she the only one on the sacred timeline? Is that why she remembers? No, she's on a That's branch what... timeline. They're all on branch timelines. Then I don't understand that either. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I have sure. a couple other things I don't understand about her. She sits down. She orders a bourbon. Doesn't say I, which I kind. I wrote this down as a note to ask you, a bartender, because I know this bothers you specifically. The line was, two bourbons, please. And the bartender says, excellent choice, Sylvie. Yeah, excellent choice, a bourbon. Also, then he brings back the bourbon in shot glasses. No. They're going to do <laughs> shots of random bourbon? Get out of here, gods. You're a god? You're going to do a random, she shitty said, little shot of bourbon? Sylvie, so... If you say if you have a history with a bartender, they know what kind of drink you're talking about. It's fine that he, uh, she knows that he knows her name. The whole thing was just like I thought messy and like make it make it fun. Okay. That was just such a boilerplate. That this was like was fun. And, that was like this an was improv fun. scene initiation where you have no script and no planning and you just say the shorthand. And I was like, make this different and interesting. We've talked about this. I don't know why we've talked about this on this podcast in particular, but we've definitely talked about it. One of the things that stuck with me big time in comedy trading stuff was hearing the story from Mike Myers of him saying, when you're doing an improv scene, when you're doing a sketch, you don't ask for catch up. You ask for Heinz because it's more specific and it has more associations for people. It's the same yeah. thing here where they're like two bourbons. I was like, what kind of bourbon? What are we doing here? Just like pour some stuff in my mouth or something like that. It was crazy. It's also just crazy. They go so hard to be like, we're to McDonald's. Do you know how many M's we could fit on these windows behind this scene? <laughs> and then they're going like, I'll have a general bourbon. I would say the two breakout characters, the, the two McDonald's breakout characters of this season, McDonald's and the loom. I love those guys. I hope oh, they yeah. get spinoffs. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Another generic line that drove me nuts, and this is from a Doctor Who fan perspective at the end when Loki's like, it's not a when or a where, it's a who. And I was like, okay, we've said that line one million times in Doctor Who and other places. Like, Whatever. come up with another line. <laughs> uh, the uh, Another thing that like is kind of an Easter egg, but they were very blatant about it, was they have a Zaniac arcade yes. game in the bar based mm -hmm. on Brad Wolf's movie. So he exists in some form on that branch timeline as well. Uh, the video game says Zaniac craves blood, which I thought was a funny little line. And there's a Easter. There is an actual post credits Easter egg yes. at the end of the episode after the credits where you hear from the Zaniac game, uh, wait, uh, you died, insert your coin, loser, is what Brad Lewolf says, uh, which I will say I thought was a nice little way of being like, okay, Loki has an extra life. He's playing the game again. So they were, yeah. they were teasing that in a certain way. And that's fun. But I will say if uh, I saw some screen grabs of the uh, Obi's big post-it note board mm -hmm. in his office, and there's one that read that reads sacrifice. Something must be given up. And Ooh. that combined with the Zaniac language feels like someone important is going to die at the end of this next episode. 
Well, if we want to get into that, I have a couple of things. These are speculation. I have not seen the episode or anything like that, but I have seen the trailer that Marvel released. Wait, wait. Before we move on to next episode, can we finish talking about good things from this episode, please? I, I think we, we did. ran out of those. No. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh Dad is showing up just before Owen Wilson's about to die. Fred and like, Spider? And 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 said, you know, like saves the day and then goes, now what? Was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Which is so, so well what? done. When Owen Wilson is going to die? What are you well, talking about? The spaghetti's coming and he thinks it's all over. And then Dada shows up through the door and he is like, oh, it took me six months actually to get here. He saves oh, 18 the day. months to make the. He's device. like, all right, now what? He shows up and walks through and goes, now what? I, I was he just laughing. spaghetti at that point. Well, whatever. It was a dramatic entrance. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. He all saves right. the day. Oh, Wilson was like falling apart. He was like, "Oh man, this is not no." Going he was well. just about to kill Loki. <laughs> That's what was yeah. going on there. Well, he saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> he it was saved a hilarious the data. entrance, and uh, his deadpan delivery was just absolutely phenomenal. I, I did like that. Was a nice bit of time travel stuff. Yes, I've yeah. taken issue with sort of their light bit of time travel over the course of the season. In particular, this is a heavy time travel show anyway. But things at the beginning, like doing one loop with Loki, where Loki picks up the book and he sees himself and then he comes back later and does that. I was like, that's cool. Do that more. No, we're not. We're moving on. That's fine. But the thing where we leave Obi and Obi's like, how am I ever going to build a temp pad? That's going to take forever. And then him immediately doing it because he's like, no, actually that took 18 months. Very fun. Very fun. fun. Yeah. Got anything yeah. more, Pete? Or yeah. That- yeah. The whole part with Eugene where he was like, so you could go to a park. AC. Uh, uh, yeah. And he was the like, uh, yeah, uh, you could go to a bank. Just fun. Just fun. Like he was getting to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really liked that. It was really great. <laughs> great. A great buildup for that. I feel like this show is your like son or something, and you're like, yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's really good at it. He's doing a good job. (laughs) Can we talk about some of the forward thinking stuff for a second? I know that's jumping over to our vision board. This isn't necessarily things we want to see so much as things that may or may not happen. Now, in the teaser, they released a mid-season teaser for Loki showing off the final two episodes. Spoiler here, but they put it out, so whatever. Um, You get to see Loki directing people, specifically Victor Timely, again, going through the bridge. So clearly they're time looping here. My pure speculation, I know I said this for this episode, but I really do think we're going to get like a Groundhog Day style thing where he's using his new time slipping powers to keep redoing it until he gets it right the next episode. But the big thing to tie into the sacrifice that you were mentioning is we do see a shot in that trailer of Loki sans bulky suit walking out on the bridge by himself in the middle of this time storm. So maybe Loki is going to die to save the TVA and do something purely selfless for the first time in his life. What do you think? It could be interesting. <laughs> Uh, yes, it could be interesting. Um, I think maybe, but I also think Loki's not going to die in this television program with his name on it. I, but I think a Loki could die. Mm-hmm. 
Sylvie. I'm talking about Sylvie. Oh, you think Sylvie's uh, going to die? No. Yeah, that's possible. The other thing that people have been throwing out there is on the advertising, there were a lot of shots of Loki in the classic, and I mean really classic, like green, giant metal, golden horns costume. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of folks just are like suggesting. Just like on the cereal box behind Just you. like on the cereal box behind me. The suggestion is maybe we are going to get him finally getting that throne and essentially being the king of the TVA and in charge of the TVA. And it could go in that other direction. That's a way of keeping him in the loop going forward for MCU stuff. One last thing I wanted to throw out at you guys that we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but happened between the last episode of Loki and this. There was a huge article that came out in Variety that was talking about the state of the MCU. There were a lot of things that went down there. But one of the big things that they were talking about is it sounds like behind the scenes they have finally been talking about the Jonathan Major situation. And mm-hmm. back in September, they had a creative retreat. They've thrown out a bunch of possibilities. Again, this is reported. There was nothing specifically sourced, but Variety is usually pretty locked up in vetting their stuff. The things that they threw out is they considered and talked about, should we recast him as Kang? They talked about, should we replace Kang entirely with Dr. Doom? Apparently, that's something that they talked about back when Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania did not do nearly as well as they thought it was going to do. So it had nothing to do with Loki. But the last thing for this discussion that we're having right now is a insider who says they've seen the last episode of Loki said after the place that they leave Kang at the final episode, Marvel, and this is their quote, is fucked, is what they say. (laughs) So that to me implies that whatever happens to Loki in terms of a sacrifice Kang is ascendant in some way at the end here. Um, again, what do you guys think about this? Any takeaways, any speculation? Yeah, I think that's based on that language. I think that's exactly uh, if I were the, the idea of pivoting to Dr. Doom is, I think, could be great, especially the idea of introducing Doom before the Fantastic Four, I think is actually a really smart move. We end up seeing Doom in all these Fantastic Four movies that have come before and a lot of iterations as sort of a side character and someone who gets like injured and then has revenge. The idea of him being a top tier villain first and then bringing a Fantastic Four in is great. And like he's he could just be just replace very easy. Let's just move off of this. And I, the Jonathan Majors personal life stuff aside, I also think they, from a, just a character point of view, Kang's a little burnt. Their plan of having him just be everywhere and defeated a bunch and then he keeps coming back, it's it doesn't work, I don't think, narratively. We've already seen him be scary. We've seen him lose a bunch of times. What's going to make him new and different for when he comes for the big battle? We've seen we've seen it. So, like, I think they should change. Yeah, for they should every bring reason. back like evil clouds. You know what I mean? Like that was really a good. Well, let me throw something out to you that I was thinking around a little today. And I think this sort of contradicts the whole losing thing, potentially. But if they do want to get rid of Kang, if they do want to pivot off of that, which, to your point, I think is a very good idea. Obviously, we don't know how this is going to end up, but what about Loki as the big bad, right? Like, if he ends up in charge of the TVA, obviously, he's much better now. He has his friends, whatever we think about that. He's a very close friend, Casey. He's trying to steer the TVA in the right direction. But 
we could very easily see Loki manipulating things in the background or being like, no, 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 everybody's messing up these timelines. You're making things far worse and far more dangerous. I got to get a handle on it. That leads us directly into a Secret Wars type situation. Everybody battling Loki in a really like epic battle they've talked about in the Variety article apparently has been they've been considering bringing back the original six Avengers actors. They haven't really had a better villain than Loki at this point. Like, why not lean into that? Well, I think, well, would it work? Could we ever see multiple versions of Loki in a in some sort of Marvel show or a movie? Could that ever happen? Probably yeah. not. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think they could definitely do that. The only thing is, like, we have done that. Loki mm-hmm. has been the big villain. He is sort of, you know, played in the first Avengers movie and gets wrecked in a pretty, you know, he's not scary or, like, threatening by the end of that movie so to bring him back as like a multi-year big bad feels like it'll feel like we've done it before but i think from a character perspective they could easily do that and in fact narratively he's in a great place he could take over the tva and start trying to do good like oh let me just fix a couple things here Mm -hmm. and then that gets out of hand and he then is like it's just creating chaos something that his is his whole thing also Yeah. And to throw out two other possibilities, you know, we're heading if we are still heading towards secret wars for anybody who doesn't know, basically what happens is, at least in the Jonathan Hickman storyline, there's this patchwork planet that's put together by the remains of the multiverse. Dr. Doom has remade in his image magnanimously, according to Doom, of course, but obviously he's manipulated the Marvel heroes in order to save everything and put himself at the top. That's something 100% I could see Loki doing. You don't have to add Dr. Doom in. You just have Loki do that. Absolutely. And that would 100% work, even with the current integration of Loki. The other way that you could go is if you look over at Jason Aaron's just concluded very long run on Avengers, Big spoiler here for that, if you haven't read that storyline, but there is a version of Loki who is the ultimate version of Loki, who went from part of the multiverse to part of the multiverse, killing off other iterations of himself and Marvel heroes, and ultimately got bored of it and decided, you know what, I'm actually the greatest Avenger who ever lived, because in all of these versions of multiverse, I'm the ones who created the Avengers. So he ultimately does become a hero, but with a little tweak and twist there... You could have that. You have this good Loki of the TVA in the series, whatever happens to him. Like you were joking about, Justin, there's a bad Loki out there somewhere, just like there's a bad Kang. It's, a, again, a very easy lift to bring in a villain that everybody loves already with an actor everybody loves already and keep the story going. What do you think, Pete? Great. What's going on? Are you sad, Pete? No, I just think that's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes. You know what I mean? Like, what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? You know what I mean? Like, what about In the next episode of Loki? Yeah. I think Loki is going to hang out with his friends. Oh, that'd be nice. Maybe Mm -hmm. they all have like a malt shake at the uh, diner together or something like that. Yeah. Just like the TV show Friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. I hope I hope he finally gets to hang out with his best friend, Hunter B-15. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. We got to bring back so the Zaniac. <laughs> yes, man. Dude. They're really all in on Brad Wolf. Huh? All right. Well, what, Pete, if you're so bad about this, other than the malt milkshake, what is on your vision board for the last episode? Well, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we get more key 
and that uh, they save the day and Owen Wilson gets to ride a jet ski off into the sunset. You know what I mean? Hmm. Cool. I Just, bet. Honestly, I think that's a good prediction. Is Owen Wilson will ride a jet ski into a sunset? I think is a a really strong choice, and I bet that will happen. I I mean, I want them to not have to do so much story work in this last episode, and really let Loki and the other characters breathe a little bit and just bring this to a nice close. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, these actors are good enough and I like these characters enough that I just want to I want to see some closure there, particularly because we know or at least it was rumored that these 12 episodes were kind of planned, at least in some sense, as we're going to do 12 episodes. So there's not necessarily more of this. There's not necessarily a third season. So what is the satisfying finish for these characters? And in particular, I want to know what's going on with Sylvie. Such a good character. Yeah. Her in the entire season, she's been like, I got to nope out of this and just hang out at my McDonald's. I'm good. Thanks so much, guys. And so you got to go to your happy place. Not on a dramatic TV show where I need to know something about these characters arcs. So give me something a little more with Sylvie in this final episode. We'll see what happens. One more week, folks, until the end of the MCU. Until then, <laughs> if you want to support us, patreon.com slash... No, not the end. Right after that is going to be the Marvels, so we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show and all the shows we do. Apple, Spotify, Android, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on TikTok and Instagram, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. If you can't get me the worst shot of bourbon in the bar, at least send (laughs) nudes. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.